Hello everybody, welcome back to Bullet Point Fitness. Today we're looking at addiction. This episode is going to be very useful for anyone who's done a program in the past or maybe worked with a PT or an online coach and failed to adhere to the, any kind of plan that involves being outside of the gym, being away from the PT at every turn. We'll be looking at why there's no such thing as a PT with a 100% clean track record, the range of addictions that there are to have from substance use to personally ingrained behaviours, and the dangers of overdeveloped reward systems. Ask any PT who's been in the game long enough and you'll find that none of them have a perfect 100% clean track record with their history of clients. And the reason for this is that from time to time, people will come along and expect the work done in the gym with a PT to be this all-encompassing ingredient that will eventually turn around into getting the results, getting the goal that was originally discussed. Now, it's important to have perspective around the forces that you are doing battle with when changing the shape of your body. Anything less than a 100% concerted effort inside and outside of the gym is just self-sabotage, right? That sounds harsh, but think about it like this, right? Somewhere along the line, we ended up splitting off to stand separately from chimps. Uh, now, if you read a book by Herman Ponser called Burn, uh, that basically theorizes that our metabolism uh, started to change and develop along that evolutionary path in such a way that it led to the intelligence that we have today, led to human beings, the apex predator of the world today. And this is an evolutionary miracle, right? It's a miracle on a miracle. Sometimes it gives us bodies that we don't like because of expectations that have been given to us from living in a capitalist society that's barely over 100 years old. The reason the PT will not have that 100% clean track record is because sometimes you will get people who are lacking that perspective. And they think that millennia of evolution and genetics can be undone with a couple of months of sessions with a PT or with a 12-week challenge. Right. Those are the kinds of forces that you're dealing with. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's quite rare. It's not many clients. I think I've had um, two the, the whole time I've been a PT, but they will come, come along from time to time. They've got, they've got it in their head that they've bought a product. And so the result is guaranteed. It's a matter of time. Unfortunately, uh, the human body is not a product from Amazon that can be expedited on its delivery you know there are greater forces at work that need to be done battle with and, so, and of course the honest truth then is that a great many things have to be enacted and changed when you are away from your PT many different decisions have to be made and uh, as I say you will get people who miss the memo on this they will work their butts off when it's entertaining or when it's egoically gratifying to do so in the gym but when it's not entertaining things like 
uh, cooking new meals, uh, picking up new things in the shops when you go food shopping, uh, and generally just getting better at not giving in to your childlike desire for sweeties. These things come along and no efforts are made. And aside from the sessions in the gym, everything else in this formula that makes you uh, remains the same. As I say, this is a very small proportion of the pool of individuals that any PT will train with, but they are out there. Uh, so is it fair to say that these people are lazy, mentally undisciplined? Maybe. But I think that's very presumptuous, and I think it's a very low-resolution answer to the problem. Uh, these people are typically confused individuals, I have noticed, because they have built a portion of their identity by clinging on to some kind of traumatic event from their past that they can't let go of, that they haven't been able to speak to anyone of, that they are terrified to speak to anyone about. And they generally think very little of themselves. They're pretty much unhappy with where life has landed them. And so you have this double threat of being unhappy where life has landed them and also having a lack of self-belief in getting out of the situation that they're not happy with. So the higher resolution answer, I think, is addiction. Now, addiction expert Gabor Mate, you might have heard of him, suggests that any addiction, from shoveling cheeseburgers to taking drugs, that includes alcohol, ladies and gentlemen, to playing video games to insisting on being deserving of a full evening of Netflix binging, it is all in service of dulling pain and prioritizing short-term gratification, despite being aware of the long-term damage that indulging in the addiction, the addiction will lead to. So here's a little bit of Gabor Mate. Uh, I thought I'd pop a bit of extract into the podcast here. Give him a listen. Here we go. Who the heck chooses to be uh, traumatized in childhood? The addiction then is an attempt to soothe the pain that's imposed by childhood trauma. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, my ambition is to become a drug addict and break the law. I mean, think about it. It's a response to pain. If you want to check out the full video, I've popped a link in the episode description below. And just to say, if you are new around here, I'm gonna tell you now, I am not this perfect, shiny health nut who doesn't know what he's talking about, right? I have experienced addiction to a great many things and I've identified them as nothing but a ball and chain and gotten rid of most of them, <laughs> I'd like to think. Uh, to give you some context, these things include microdosing cocaine uh, in office life just to stay awake with the mind-numbing work that I had to do. Uh, my addictions of the past include smoking, vaping, entire one-day-long marathons of video games, which came with its fair share of malnourishment. Uh, I have learned that I have an addictive personality. Those two words are curious to me because I'm starting to think that everyone really has an addictive personality. It's just the ones that get addicted to the more obvious things that get labelled as people who have addictive personalities. And I've also learned that with a ball and chain, you can still get to where you're going, but it will slow you down. That actually you will never get there. So it's important to recognize your addictions as such. 
they are serious threats to your development as a person. So I used to have a great many of these metaphorical ball and chains around my ankles. Maybe you've got more. Maybe some of yours come in the form of really needing ice cream or savoury treats whenever you watch a film, whether it's at home or in the cinema. Maybe it's in the form of needing a bottle of wine to quote-unquote unwind or take the edge off. Or maybe it's my current little demon that I'm grappling with right now, and that's a dependence on caffeine to maintain the high quality of my work. These things are all wrapped up in reward systems that have been fabricated by your own mind. And it's worth thinking, sounds harsh, but no one's ever asked you this. Are you really worthy of a reward? Or are you just average like everyone else? At which point, why are you deserving of a reward? Your week in the office might have been really hard, but one of your colleagues just had kids and isn't getting any sleep. They have it harder. Does that mean they get to drink more wine or eat more ice cream than you? Of course not. That would be absurd. But thinking like this does put your suffering, or more to the point, your lack thereof, into focus. Are you really suffering that much? And is that suffering worthy of the addictions that you are indulging in? I found that when I kicked my addictions, Something that really helped was some, wanting something else more. The something else was the catalyst to kicking it in. When I kicked in smoking, uh, I wanted to be better at boxing. I was doing a, a good whack of boxing at the time, uh, and one session was really shitty. I really fell behind, uh, and I felt inadequate. And I said to myself, well, I need my lungs if I'm going to do better next week. And I brought myself back to that why. Why do I want to not smoke a cigarette? Ah, because I need my lungs, because I want to do better in boxing next time. Very much the same story with any work that you might be doing in the gym. This is very helpful, right? If you're addicted to uh, ordering in and you're addicted to essentially not being bothered to make yourself dinner, uh, which I would venture to say is more common than we would be prepared to admit, uh, especially around single young men of my age. You know, ask yourself, I'm working so hard in the gym to get a certain result here. If I get this delivery, if I get this takeaway, is this going to help me or is it going to hinder me? What do I really want more? Do I want the short-term gratification? Really? Or would I prefer to delay the short-term gratification and get the long-term gratification. This is kind of where I start talking about how discipline is freedom, and the lack of discipline is the opposite of freedom. When I got my video game use under control, I still play video games, but I'm not addicted to them. Um, I wanted to spend time on other things, so instead of the boxing, this time it was things like taking my training more seriously, working out, developing a physique more seriously, uh, working on the podcast, seeing my friends, and basically patching up my relationships with my friends, uh, which is still ongoing, frankly, after many years of being addicted to video games. So after all this chat, I'm going to circle back around to the individuals that I mentioned at the start. This, this avatar, this individual who 
works really hard with the PT and the gym and then frankly does fuck all outside of the gym because their addictions are taking the reins and steering the horse all the time. The discipline is never taking the reins, right? To those people, I will ask, what do you want more? Do you want this fitness result more? Or do you want that thing that's been in your head that you've been keen to run home to? Whatever it may be, bottle of wine, box of chocolate, Netflix binging, what happens next on that video game story that you've been following? Do you want all of the fun and none of the consequence? Because life doesn't work that way. And I think if you are struggling with this dissonance and you want to do better, it's really worth asking yourself, what do you really, really want? Not what you fancy right now. What do you really want, right? You either have an intensity of that want to really be a fire under your ass and force you to change, or you don't. You either, you either have the want and you win, or you don't and you lose. And I know which one you prefer to have. So have a little think today, guys, about your self-destructive behaviours. Even if you think you're fine, you know? Um, good is the enemy of great. If you are good now, then let's think about being great next. If you're great now, let's think about being fantastic next, okay? There's always a higher level of awesomeness <laughs> that you can get yourself to, and typically, getting there is removing one or more of these balls and chains from around your ankles so that you can travel faster towards the thing that you want. That's today's episode, and I'll speak to you all next week. Take it easy. Can people change who they are? They need to become who they are. My whole point in this book and whatever I've learned as a physician and as a therapist and a teacher and just as a human being, who myself had my own struggles um, to become myself. It's not a question of changing who we are, it's a question of becoming who we are. And my whole critique of this culture is it takes us away from who we are. And it's a struggle to get back to that. No, but can people achieve that? Yes. I can tell you personally, the answer is yes. Not that I'm claiming to be a fully cooked meal, but I'm certainly much more ripe than I used to be in a very positive sense. I've seen all kinds of transformations in people. I've seen people with significant illnesses find in that disease some teaching that led them back to themselves, which actually promoted their healing. Can people change to become themselves? The answer is very much yes. In fact, it's a need of human beings.